Blog Talk Radio. And I shall make use of this starship. It will be your chariot! Excuse me. It will carry my power to every corner of creation. Excuse me, I'd just like to ask a question. What does God need with a starship? Bring the ship closer. I said, what does God need with a starship? A strange force has entered the galaxy. The future of mankind is at stake. It could only mean one thing. Greetings, Captain. Spock! I do not think you realize the gravity of your situation. The vacation is over. Now, the crew of the Starship Enterprise... Enterprise, are you ready? ...is taking adventure where it has never gone before. What are you standing around for? Do you not know a jailbreak when you see one? the mind of a madman. Hostile force has taken control of our vessel. Mr. Solo, full ahead. Through the center of the galaxy. You know we'll never make it through the Great Barrier. To the final frontier. Fascinating. How often have you done this? Actually, it's my first attempt. Fire the rocket! You never cease to amaze me. Nor I myself. This is the boldest trek of all. Warp speed now. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Mrs. Scott, you're amazing. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my ass. Blog Talk Radio. Jim, yours truly, and Leslie Hoffman. How are you doing tonight, Leslie? I'm doing fine. Just uh, the winds have been blowing, but but I'm I'm still here. I haven't been blown away. <laughs> yeah, I almost got blown away here in Vermont myself, but we're here. I, I wouldn't miss this show for the world. Um, we have a really special show planned for you guys tonight. Uh, Leslie Hoffman, um, who, of course, as you know, week to week we talk about stunts. But Leslie knows Spice Williams, and for those of you who don't know that, Spice Williams played Vixus in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, one of my favorite Star Trek movies. And, of course, myself being a Klingon fan, the opportunity to talk to Spice uh, in person is really, really exciting and really special to me. So um, I was really, really happy that Leslie was able to get in touch with Spice and make that happen. But that's great for you guys, too, because if you give us a call... At 646-668-2433, that's 646-668-2433, we will be here live for the next hour, that's till 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm holding in my hand right now a Women of Star Trek uh, Spice Williams autograph card. Uh, This is card number five in the autograph series. And all you need to do to win this card right here is give us a call at 646 668-2433, Six six eight two four three three, and I will drop this card in the mail to you. It's a really nice card. It's a picture of Spice 
as Vixis from Star Trek V, and it's signed in uh, looks like a blue Sharpie, uh, Spice Williams, and right underneath it, it has her name printed in, in purple. It's a really nice card, and uh, you can have it. All you got to do is give us a call at 646-668-2433 and ask Spice any question you want, and this card will be yours. Okay? It's very simple. Don't be afraid. She doesn't bite unless you ask her to. So give us a call, 646-668-2433, and this autographed card will be in the mail and on its way to you. So welcome to the show, Spice. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, both you and Leslie. It's so good to to uh, speak with you again, Leslie. I don't know. Oh, Leslie? I, I, I don't know I, if you can I, hear I you. I didn't hear the last part of that. I said, it's good to speak with you again, Leslie. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. It's been a long time. I, I was trying to decide whether the last time we worked together was uh, either uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine or was it Flintstone Viva Rock Vegas? I don't remember which one was last. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know which one yeah, came long first, time but, ago. but they were both fun. <laughs> A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, that's the wrong movie. We can't go down that road. <laughs> traitor, <Uh-oh>. traitor. <laughs> so, so, Spice, I'm really, I, I, I'm one of these Star Trek, I love Star Trek V, by the way. I think that the, oh, well, me too. the job that, the, I, I do. I know you might, you must take a flack from a lot of, a lot of fans don't like that movie. I love it. Um, well, me, they misunderstood it. They misunderstood it. It's called The Final Frontier. And it was truly about no matter how far you try and find God, you have to go inside. It was very spiritual, and it was written really well. The problem was they didn't want to give it to um, Bill, you know. He was directing it, and they didn't do their job on the special effects, and there were a lot of people who dropped the ball. But ultimately, it was uh, truly a beautiful film. I was very proud to be part of it. And uh, I had a very dear friend who was dying had 10 days left to live, and I took him to the premiere of that in Westwood, Los Angeles, and snuck him up into the balcony. And um, it's a great moment because everybody was wrapped around the the block, and people were screaming, and they asked me to, you know, speak Klingon, and they asked me to make muscles. And this was a dear friend of mine that was uh, dying of uh, leukemia and a big bodybuilder who had never been in a limo, never been on a red carpet. And when we stuck him up in the balcony and he watched that film, he turned to me with tears in his eyes and he said, you know what, I'm ready for my final frontier. So people don't realize that, how beautiful that film was. That that movie, I, I'm i always defending Star Trek V. I think that Star Trek V was the closest thing that they've ever done to the feeling of, a, of an original Star Trek episode. It had everything yeah. in it. And the Klingons, you guys in particular, um, Charlie Cooper and Todd and you, were spectacular in that movie. Well, I was a a Trekkie long before that. I had a rock and roll group with my twin sister called Sugar and Spice. We toured the country for 10 years in Canada, and we worked quite a bit in Las Vegas, Lake Tahoe, all that stuff. And uh, in Vegas, particularly at... Everybody would go in, you know, because you'd work all night long, then you'd try and sleep, and then you'd get into the casinos to do a little rehearsal before the crowds got there. And at 4 o'clock every day, that strip went dark in all the music rooms. And finally, an entertainment director came up to all of us and said, what is it? At 4 o'clock, you guys all quit. What's the deal? And we all said, oh, well, Star Trek's on. We all knew. We all had to go home, turn on the TV set before we had to work that night. So uh, in, in Star Trek V, you guys actually um, had a different take on the Klingons. You guys were, what's the word I'm looking for, renegade um, pirate Klingons, lovers. I guess? <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> you guys we were didn't renegade lovers. But you, you didn't wear the, the basic Klingon battle armor. You showed a lot of no. skin and a lot of muscle, had big wild hair. I completely you know, moved off of the basic Klingon look, 
And what was the idea behind that to make you guys so radically different from what we were used to seeing Klingons be like? Well, uh, for one thing, they never had Klingonese being talked back and forth. They had shouting commands, and Mark Okren, who created the language, which is a combination of every language on this earth, actually created it, but they never had people speaking back and forth. So that was the first thing that was very, in, in, you know, in, in innovative. And then also they were looking for a bodybuilder. So they interviewed all these bodybuilders because they wanted a very strong, tough woman, and, but they wanted her looking strong and tough. And they interviewed hundreds of bodybuilders, but apparently they weren't happy with them. And then they offered the job to Rachel McLeish, who's a beautiful, beautiful woman, but she didn't want to do it because she didn't want to have all the prosthetics on her forehead, which, ha, as an actress, I eat, breathe, and sleep that stuff. So uh, then they went on this hunt. And they had about 2,000 women across the United States auditioning, interviewing, and they got down to, um, I went in for five auditions, which by the time the fifth audition came in, I was ready to slit my throat. It's like, I can't take the pressure anymore. Just give it to someone else. But um, Bill Shepard, who was the casting director, uh, hung in there with me. And when they they brought me in, um, they, I mean, I really focused on this part because being a, being a Trekkie anyway, a Trekker, I mean, for me, I was going in to read for these people. And to, to tell you the truth, when I went in to get the script and I was so excited, I, I ran over to Paramount and I walked on the lot and I was like, oh, my God, I'm reading for Star Trek. I was telling every stranger in the world, hey, I'm reading for Star Trek. And I was thinking, wow, I'm going to be Captain Kirk's girlfriend because I'm so in love with Captain Kirk. And when I went in to get the part, I said to Mr. Shepard, uh, I'm here, Spice Williams. I'm here to get my sides. And he goes, okay, here it is, Vixus. And I go, Vixus, is she Captain Kirk's girlfriend? And he said, no, she's a Klingon. And I just went, what? I said, okay. I ran out. and I went to the nearest phone booth, which, of course, we had then. And I called my agent, Carmela, and I said, Carmela, I cannot play this part. She goes, what's the problem, dear? I said, it's a Klingon. She goes, what the hell is a Klingon? I said, well, they hate Captain Kirk. They want to kill him. She said, what? Shut up. What are you crazy? And I, she goes, just take the role, for God's sake. Just do it. So I was, like, perplexed. Like, how could I? I love Captain Kirk. How could I play against him? Anyway, I got the lines. I worked them and worked them and worked them in English. And then uh, I went in for the read, and we were in a room with 14 other really amazing actresses. I mean, trust me, Kim Cattrall and some other gorgeous women, and I felt like, ugh. But I went in in this spandex full body suit with my arms buffed out, and it was a good day, you know? You know, Leslie, when you got a good day, like you got a good hair day or something? And uh, it was a really good day, and uh, I went in. I sat with all those women. I remember they were all looking. We were all looking at each other like, oh, good luck, good luck. And then you turn your back and go, bitch. But, you know, you just, you, you didn't want to give it to them. And I remember being called in, and I walked into a room with, oh, my God, it was all the three-piece suits. And they just lined this huge, long table. And there was Bill, Captain Kirk, at the end of the table. I was so nervous, but I was so well rehearsed and I also had had five auditions before so I didn't really have room for any more nerves and I remember sitting down and I always on my resume put all the shows that I've done but I never thought anybody really cared like did they really look at your resume what a waste of time so I would put little things little jokes in my resume for one was languages I speak very bad Spanish I'm not very good at sign language but I was pretty good at ob, which was like pig Latin, you know, as ob, so, I mean, that's the way we used to talk in college, in high school. It was goofy, but it was called ob, O-B. So I put that down as language, and I never, nobody ever said a darn thing about it. So there I am with all the three-piece suits, and... Um, and there's Bill, and he's looking through my resume, and I'm starting to sweat bullets. And he goes, well, let me see, let me see you guys do this read. So I read it, and then I looked at Bill, and he said, well, I'd really like to redirect you. And I said, okay. And he, he said, my only problem is I don't know how to make it any better. 
I was like, oh, my God. And then he said, you must tell me, um, what is ob? And I'm like, what? He goes, what is ob? It's on your language. And I was like, oh, well, it, it's how we cheated in college. You know, we talk in this big Latin. And he goes, well, say something to me in ob. I swear to God I said this, and now I laugh, but I go, ob, I love of yabu. And you could tell that I was saying, I love you. And everybody cracked up in the room. And he said, uh, thank you so much for coming in. And I went out, and that was a Friday. And uh, I couldn't eat, sleep, or breathe until Monday I was at the gym working out. And I got a call from my agent that they loved me and they want me. And I was just like, I mean, people had to tie weights to me to hold me down because I was floating so much. Um, but the real work didn't begin until I had to come in, and they handed me the real lines. And uh, that's when they said, glad you can speak other languages because now you're going to have to learn Klingonese. And I thought, oh, well, it shouldn't be too hard. And when I looked at the language, I ran home, threw myself on the bed, hysterically crying. My agent, who was my roommate at the time, came running in going, what's wrong? And I said, look what I have to read and she looked at it, and she goes, oh, honey, I don't know if we asked for enough money. And I was just, like, beside myself. But one day at a time, just like AA, one day at a time, and I just practiced and practiced and um, broke a repeat button on my tape machine because I kept – we got uh, – Mark Okren flew in and gave us an audio tape and all the phonetic language in a book he wrote and – I mean, I was studying a language to be able to get through this. And then I invited Todd Bryant over for lunch. You can always rehearse with an actor if you promise to feed him. So I brought Todd over, and three days a week we rehearsed, we rehearsed, we dieted down. I told Bill I'd, get my, I'd make a, an alien body without special effects. And um, so Todd and I rehearsed. It was three months we had to rehearse. And... Um, Everybody knew I was practicing my lines at the gym because they could see spit all over the mirror. I was always, oh, dosh, we'll push that. Spit was going everywhere. And, um, and then one day when Todd and I said, okay, let's put the scripts away and we will, let's start our lines. And I was like, oh, dosh, we'll push that. And Todd goes, are you done? And I'm like, oh, crap. Now we just realized we had to learn each other's lines then because we memorized the lines, and we knew what we were saying in English, but we didn't quite know when it ended. So then we spent another month learning each other's lines back and forth. It was um, definitely an eight-hour job every single day for three months and uh, training. I got down to 6% body fat, and uh, they made an outfit for me. Uh, I told them make the waist 21 inches, which I never quite accomplished. So it took, I got it down to 23. So it took three women to squeeze me into it. They said I'd never breathe, but I said that will probably lend itself to the character. And uh, it was just a great, great training. It, it taught me the greatest lesson of my life of one day at a time. Don't panic. Don't think can't. Don't you know, take the jack and shove it story, just just do your work, steady, steady, steady. And on the day that we were to go in and film, they were having trouble getting me into my outfit, and uh, I was a little about two minutes late to the set, and Bill had already been three days late on his schedule. Everybody was panicking, and he, nobody had ever heard Klingons talking back and forth. They had never done anything like this before. So everybody was nervous. All the studio heads were there. Everybody who was anybody was there that day. And when we set up and began the scene, Bill had already let us know that everybody was under pressure and everybody was yelling and it was very scary. And uh, he said action and Todd and I just controlled and took over that whole entire scene and it was very intense and it was just perfect and when he said cut you could hear a pin drop and Todd and I didn't know we were like we, we had gotten so much into being Klingons we really just lost ourselves and all we heard was this that was effing brilliant oh my god and everybody was applauding and screaming and then he said my only problem is I don't know what you said can you say it in English and we had forgotten the English. 
So we had to learn the English real quick and do the scenes so he knew how to direct us. And, uh, and that's how it took off. Every day that we did a scene, it was brilliant and wonderful. And we were written up in the making of uh, Star Trek V, a whole chapter on how Todd Bryant and Spice Williams saved the movie. And uh, it was really a, a great experience of my life. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Spice to speak some Klingon for us. Don't touch that dial. Don't go away. We'll be right back in 30 seconds. Hi, this is Eric from Trek Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction podcast on the Internet. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and related sci-fi content. And we want to hear from you. Call into the show Thursday night from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on the East Coast, and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith that you'll call. And welcome back to Stunt Trek Episode 6 with Spice Williams. As I said before the commercial break, uh, we're going to ask Spice if she can speak some Klingon for us. I know it's been a long time, Spice. Uh, Star Trek V was way back in 1989. So do you still remember any of those Klingon lines? Well, when you drive something into your head that long, um, it's kind of like riding a bike. You don't really forget it. But, I mean, there's a few few things that I still uh, mess up on. But uh, I had to have Mark Okren fly in from Washington, D.C. He sit in my kitchen, and he put his hands in my mouth to show me where my tongue should go to say certain things. And, and we had to go through the whole uh, pronunciation and the phonics of Oh, how he wrote this thing. So some of my favorite lines were Ying Tak Beach Cock Roach Tutubeg's only Mad Maj Bot Maj Popting A Hochtin Porsche. And um you know, you would be the greatest okay. warrior in the galaxy if you could kill Captain Kirk. Um what boob knock that was that took me the hardest. What boob what boob knock. I mean, if you're not hacking and spitting you you're not doing this right. Um, it, it was, trust me, working on it every day for three months, you don't forget this stuff. Now, um, how long what did it take you... them to put you into the Klingon to get the head on you and get the hair on you and get you all? How long did it take you in a makeup chair to actually bring Victus to life? Well, um... The, the, it was interesting because what you said in the beginning of this that we didn't look like normal, um, the regular day Klingons, especially from the original series. And my, uh, I talked with Bill. We had a, a meeting with our wardrobe and makeup, and uh, Jeff Don and West Don were their great makeup artists. West Don may rest in peace. Poor guy died on the asthma on the freeway, but his son Jeff, just amazing. They were my guys, and. Um, I said, look, why did you get a bodybuilder if you're going to cover my arms with hair? I mean, you want to see this. Uh, I built my arms up to 13 and a half inches or something like that. I said, I'm going to get tan. I'm going to slick it down. Let's show my muscles. And that's uh, Todd Bryant said same thing. Let's cut these sleeves out and show our body. And um, then the, um, the the biggest problem we had was the eyebrows. He just could not get these eyebrows because, you know, all Klingons have these bushy eyebrows. And we spent about three hours trying to figure out what we're going to do on the eyebrows. And when he peeled one of them off, I looked at it in the mirror and I said, Jeff, look at me. What do, what do I look like without eyebrows? And he goes, well, I don't know, kind of sexy in kind of a Klingon way. I said, let's go without eyebrows. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah, why not? She's Vixus is a special breed. Don't put eyebrows on her. It takes away the sexiness. And then they, they didn't have a very good wig. I mean, for the amount of money they put in that film, they had a crummy wig. So uh, Hazel was my hair woman, and she pulled my hair all the way back. Then she found this weird thing to stick on my head. And, and you could see the, the, the line of the wig. And I said, well, this isn't going to do. And she goes, I got an idea. So she got that braided leather and wrapped that around my head. And I would say the very first day of makeup was nine hours because it was exploration. It was how we wanted to look. 
my take on Vix is I had already eaten, breathed, and slept with this character. I already kind of knew how I felt she should look, behave, act, stand. And I also said, look, you've just given us lines. Todd Bryan, Todd's an amazing actor, too. Now he's a stunt coordinator. He does all of uh, Will Ferrell's stuff and doubles him and does a lot of He's an amazing actor and an amazing stunt coordinator. But uh, Todd and I said to them, you've given us lines to bark and command each other, but we choose to do it as as the subtext would be that we're lovers. And I will, as a woman, I'd never be the head of a galaxy, but I can vicariously do that through my lover, Captain Claw. So we created this intense sub story and uh, with our lines, because subtext is really the story. And that's really what came across because when in all the, magazines, the uh, comic magazines, you always have Vixus and Claw in a loving brace or Claw's jumping out her bedroom window or they, they showed all these relationships between uh, Vixus and Captain Claw, yet none of the lines suggested that, other than when I said you would be the greatest gal- uh, warrior in the galaxy if you could kill Captain Kirk. So I was edging him on all the time, but it was really because I wanted to be the ruler of the universe and I could only do it by that way. We finally got it down to That's, six hours, though. And you actually, you actually did get to be in a scene with William Shatner as Captain Kirk at the end of the movie. Uh, oh, yes. No, absolutely. Um, when we had a party, it was kind of a celebration or something like that. And, and, um, uh, I was standing in the background with um, uh, George and uh, Walter, and we were in the background, and, and Todd was up in the area where we were to walk like a procession. And we walked all the way up, and then I stood next to Todd, and Bill goes, wow, man, there's a, that's a dead space. we got to do something. we got to do something with that. Can somebody say something? And um, Walter goes, oh, I'll say it. I'll say it. So we started, and that's when, as we were walking, it goes, oh, what wonderful muscles. And that became such a a key line, because to this day, I'll be walking out in public or something, or I'd be in Germany or England or wherever I'm at, swear to God, I'll hear somebody in the background say, oh, what wonderful muscles. And I realize they know, they recognize me, and and they're saying that line. It's it's close to an I'll be back line. Now I I could talk you know I could talk to you about Star Trek forever, particularly Star Trek Five because as I said it it is one of my favorite movies. But how often do people come up to you and and recognize you from Star Trek and want to talk to you about Star Trek even though that movie was thirty years ago? People still still want to talk about it. Yeah, well it, it amazes me because uh, you know I didn't. I didn't I have long red hair, and I didn't look like Spice Williams Crosby at the time. And um, but they still some. I guess it's my body too. You know, they recognize me. Not too many women walk around with muscles, and um, and I'm a loudmouth, so they kind of know who I am. But I don't know. They recognize. They also recognize me from all my other films. I've done over 200 films and had uh, many TV series and guest starred on 18 different sitcoms and. And then I've been on the cover of uh, about 100 magazines from martial arts to bodybuilding to vegan. I'm a world-famous vegan bodybuilder, used to squat 315, bench 225. So I'm on the cover of a lot of those or in stories in a lot of different magazines. So I think they recognize me, but if they have any Star Trek background, they definitely recognize me from that. Yeah, it must be – it must really feel good when people – recognize you for a job that you did so long ago wearing so much makeup nonetheless i listen i i am so honored anytime anybody recognizes me it's such a great gift and i really believe like uh, gene roddenberry did you know this intergalactical spirituality i believe that we're all spiritually connected and um sometimes people recognize me but they don't say anything and then other times people recognize me and they say something and i'm so blessed I mean, I really want people to say something because it's a recognition of energies and 
the work that I did. And I mean, I even I remember working with uh, Quentin Tarantino on From Dust Till Dawn. And the first time I got on the set, I said, Mr. Tarantino, it's, a, it's an honor to meet you. And he goes, what's your name again? And I said, Spice. And he goes, Spice Williams? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, my God, you were in Jungle Warriors. You were in this. He ran down my whole resume. And I was like, oh, my God, he's telling all these movies. I didn't want anybody to know I was in. They were such garbage. And he knew them all. But it was still, uh, you just want to, it's, it's a lovely thing to be recognized. And any actor that says they don't like it is an idiot or a moron. Now, when you were working on Star Trek V, did you ever get the opportunity to meet Gene Roddenberry? Oh, yeah, I knew Gene very well. He was wonderful, and he loved me and Todd. He wanted me and Todd and Majel. He wanted me and Todd to be in his Next Generation series. Um, he was a huge fan of ours. And um, when Gene died, Rick Berman uh, took over, and um, he said he put a blindfold on Gene Roddenberry and his bust on the desk and said anything Gene wanted, we'd do the opposite. And we were never allowed on to come back in. There were a few mistakes where we got invited in, and, um, and he, uh, he nixed it. And uh, the only way I was able to work on those shows was as a stunt woman. And thank God for um, Dennis Madelone, who's a wonderful, my next-door neighbor, and a wonderful, wonderful stunt man. And uh, that's what, you know, Leslie and I think we hooked up on that Star Trek. And... Um, and so I was a Klystronian in Deep Space Nine, and I doubled um, Jerry Ryan in um, Voyager. And I, I did a bunch of different stunts on that, but that's the only way that I was allowed to be part of the, the coming the TV series because um, Gene Roddenberry had said that he really loved us and wanted us on, and that, that just wasn't going to happen. Well, you know what? Nobody really knows what happened to Claw and Vixus after Star Trek V because unlike other Klingons we've seen, you guys didn't die. Uh, no, we didn't, and that's why off. Gene Roddenberry wanted us, but there was too much politics going on. Trust me, the politics were nasty, and they were deadly, and when Gene Roddenberry died, everybody in that office was fired and let go, and anything Gene wanted, Rick went the other way. So, Leslie, is there anything, any behind-the-scenes stories that, uh, about working on Star Trek V that you could tell us that, that we may not have heard before or something you know, humorous that happened while you were on set? With Leslie? Or with anybody. With, 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 with William Shatner? When you were... No, no. Yeah, I mean, I think he meant Spice did any... I don't know, was there any uh, camera foul-up or any, anything oh, strange? Oh, me? Um, <laughs> yeah, any bloopers, I, anything that happened? That, <laughs> like you, you messed well, up I mean, lines and was, stuff that... Was, you know, we all worked in our own little units. Um, when I'd go behind the scenes after we finished filming and I'd go around the the set, I remember I have a great picture of... Gatner coming up, and uh, somebody said, let's take a picture, and he, um, we started dancing, and I have a great picture of Captain Claude, I mean, uh, uh, Captain Kirk dancing with uh, Vixas, and it's a really fun thing. Um, I don't know, we, Todd and I had rehearsed just so intensely, we were afraid to make any mistake whatsoever, and everybody was under the gun. But we didn't have any bloopers, so to speak, that I know. But everybody, I did, uh, Michelle Nichols had asked me if I would train her because she had a dancing sequence in that. So I'd go over to her house every other day and walk her and train her and diet her because she said, my legs are going to be shown and I want to look thin and beautiful. And I took her to the gym and trained her. So so that was a, a little backstory that I trained her for that part. And... Um, Jeff, Don, and I, when we'd finish, God, Leslie, these were the days. We'd finish at, um, I don't know, like maybe uh, 9 o'clock at night, and then Paramount had its own gym. So Jeff, Don, my makeup guy, and I would go to the gym and train, 
and then um, so we could I could keep my pump, and then I'd have to be back on the set at like four in the morning, and you know that turnaround wasn't 12 hours so we were getting an extra like 900 bucks every day it was it was great those were the days um yeah but uh, yeah the screen actors guild has uh rules about uh 12 hour turnaround and and they definitely they definitely discourage it and and if a studio does break that rule it you pay or the the production company pays so that was a very yeah. lucrative time for me because especially when you're doing so many, um, you know, makeup jobs. Like when I was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, I would have call times at 3.30 in the morning and be in makeup for like nine hours. And um, I would just go sit in the chair. They, I said, just, you know, recline me back. I'm going to sleep. And um, right. I, my only request was wake me up and tell me I'm playing a demon on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, don't let me wake up and look in the mirror and not know where I'm at. So, but you know, those, uh, we would have to get those 12 hour turnarounds, but when the makeup was so intense, sometimes they couldn't make that and you get paid as a penalty. So we didn't mind those so much. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that people don't realize is that, you know, you talk about how long it gets, it takes to get the makeup on, but it takes, long not as long to get it on but it takes long to get it off too oh yeah you can't rip it off your skin would come off with it so yeah the right. only thing i uh, the other thing is that i remember one time that um i was so tired and they had already put the forehead and the makeup on me and everything like that and we had just had a few shots and i really hadn't sweated it out or anything like that so they took the wig off, but I said, guys, just let me go home, lay my head down, let me sleep, and I'll be back in the morning. So I I just jumped in my car with makeup on and everything, and as I uh, went up the hill going up to Fountain, I realized I was coming to no gas in my car. So I remember I had to pull into a gas station, and um, and I had to pay for gas and get gas, and I forgot I had that stuff on my face. And that was uh, – they. Even though you're in Hollywood, they, they, they pretty much freaked out. And I had to. I looked in the window. I saw my reflection. I'm like, oh, I just came from a movie. But, you know, calm down, calm down. But um, I, I love well, my. This mess. was in California when when you had the. I think you would pump gas and then you'd drive up and you'd have to pay for it. Well, yeah. I mean, I was right. one of the. Because listen, when I was in college. I didn't, I hated to wait for people to come up and pump my gas, so I automatically got out and started to pump it, and some guy, I remember yelling at me, what do you think you're doing? And I said, I'm pumping my own gas. He goes, you're crazy. And then, of course, everybody started pumping their own gas. But now when you pump your own, they didn't have those things where you could put uh, your ATM card in. You had to you had to go up to the window and pay for it before you could pump. So, yeah, that I scared a lot of people that night. Yeah, I had a, I had a similar story to that. Not 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 being a Klingon is that I had a job where where the girl had been raped and beaten, and so you know I had these bruises all over my face. Love to set that day. Same same thing that you're talking about. Had to get gas in the car. I drive up to the window to pay for it, and he goes, "Are you okay?" And I'm wondering why he's asking me this. <laughs> and then I realized I have these bruises all over my face. Um, the yeah. other thing is, is that I don't know if the East Coast knows about like well, I'm going off on a different subject. But like I say, the gas situation in California. There was a time period that there was even an odd days, um, depending on the number on your license plate, that you could oh, get God. gas or you couldn't get gas. I forgot about that. That was crazy. Well, California has gone oh, yeah. completely crazy. But, um, yeah, I do forget about that. I was one time going, I was on, um, God, I was on a soap opera. I can't remember what it was, Santa Barbara or something like that. Anyway, um, I had, I was, I was playing some kind of bad girl in a bar and I had all these tattoos, swastikas and black widow spiders and stuff all over my upper body. <laughs> and, um, and they and they I had three days in a row, so they said just go home and kind of shower, but don't scrub it off because we can use it the next day. 
And so the next day I got up and I was going to work. And I remember, uh, you know how you make a left-hand turn into the left-hand turn lane? And I just kind of cut it. I didn't go, I mean, I just kind of entered it a little early. And I got pulled over by a police officer. And I was like, yes, sir. And he goes, I need your license. I go, yes, sir. And he handed him my license. And he goes, so what are you? I go, what do you mean, what am I? He goes, well, you know. And, I, you know, you forget you have that stuff on. If your makeup artist is so brilliant, you don't even know you have it on. And he was looking at me all right. kinds of funny and stuff like that. And, um, oh, yeah, this is where the guy recognized me, too. He's, I said, oh, I, I'm an actress. I'm playing a role. That, these are fake. And then he looked at me and he said, hey, did you do Star Trek? And I said, yes, I did. He goes, oh, I love, you don't happen to have an autograph for me, do you? And I go, Really? I said, yeah, I got a picture here. I can autograph it for you. So I autographed it, and you know what he did? He gave me a ticket anyway. Oh, our ball. What a meanie. Well, listen, we got we to gotta take a quick break here, but we're going to be right back. Don't touch the dial. We'll be back in a minute with Spice Williams from Star Trek V. Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi themed podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and fast. I think i got 20 minutes to go. Hey guys, we're back with Spice Williams and uh, talking about Star Trek VI and her career so far. We still have an autographed Spice Williams William, Women of Star Trek card. I'm holding it right in my hand. The number is 646-668-2433. You still have time to give us a call and talk to Spice and you for this card. I'll send it right out to you. 646-668-2433 is the number. So Spice, uh, one more quick question I wanted to ask you. Um, you do Star Trek conventions? Oh, yeah. I love Star Trek conventions. I've been all over the world, and I am, I'm worse than the fans. Trust me. I'm very annoying. I'm, I'm like I'm in the dealer's rooms, and people that want to get my autograph and take my picture, I want to get theirs and take their picture. I'm like, <laughs> I have a blast. I usually bring my son with me, too, because he both, we both have a blast. He starred in Maximum Ride and a bunch of other shows. You know, he loves sci-fi vampires and things. So, yeah, I, I love Star Trek conventions. I don't see too many of them around lately. It's been a while since I've been to one, but I'm always game to be invited. And uh, we have a caller on the line here to ask you a question. Hello, thank you for calling. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hello? Hello? Hey, welcome to the show. You have a question for Spice? I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed her on uh, Star Trek V. I just loved it. And uh, this, this is David, by the way, Jim. Dave Schrader. Oh, David. How you doing, David? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Great great to have you call. Well, yeah, I'm no, you know, David. Hello, hello. I just want to say she, I thought she was awesome. That, you know, it's, I think it was very underrated, that movie. But I, I have always enjoyed that movie. So uh yeah, I just wanna say I, I enjoyed so it. Too. I just wanna say say thank you and you know, I just wanna say excellent job. Thank you, David. I'm really happy you enjoyed it, which means that you obviously saw the spiritual intensity of it. And, uh, you know, sometimes people were a little upset because they didn't think it had enough bombs blasting and all the 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 special effects that it should have had, they came up short for that. But I thought the acting and the through line was very important. That The final frontier is that no matter how far out you go to try and find God, he's inside of you. And and that was the whole through line of that movie. I just thought it, it was, I think it was just that they, they, they do too much action. Sometimes they forget about this actual important part of the the story, the story itself. Oh, amen to that, brother. That is absolutely true. And um, my husband, I don't know if you saw the movie Hacksaw Ridge. Did you see that movie? 
Yes, I have. That's an excellent movie. That's my husband's film, Gregory Crosby. He's a grandson of Bing Crosby. That's my husband. And he wrote that, wrote and produced that, and probably one of the second highest-grossing faith-based films. And people go, oh, it's a war film. But it's not really a war film. It was a beautiful film about a man's conviction. And a lot of people, what you're saying is sometimes people focus so much on, on action, action, action. They miss a very, very beautiful message. And uh, that's what really, I think, makes, makes the important films today. I, I agree. That, that, that movie, Hacksaw Ridge, was, I thought it was excellent. It's so you know, it took him 17 years to make it. It was, it was like that guy, uh, I can't what was the name? Dawson? Desmond, Dawson? Desmond Doss. His name was Desmond Doss. Like, that, that guy was stuck to his guns and stuck what, followed what he believed in, which I thought was that. Right. An act of conviction. And that was a true story right down to the minute. It. I mean, there's no way it went down in the annals of history that um, that was a miracle, a pure miracle. And what you saw was only one-tenth. He actually saved about 450 men's lives, and they wanted to give him two medals of honor, and he, he was so humble, he didn't even want the one. But, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing film. Those are the kind of films my husband makes, and um, I make the little films. I make the faith-based films that I'm excited about, but I'm not – I love action. I still do stunts. I just finished doing a big giant stair fall, three of them. Uh, I don't mind hitting the ground as a martial artist. I still hit the ground, too. But I'm so much into just um, a message, a movie about conviction and a message. Well, I, I need to alter my phone is about ready to die. I apologize. <laughs> what are you well, saying sorry thank for? thank you very much. <laughs> No, my my phone is about thanks. ready to die on me. <laughs> but thank you well, so thanks, much for taking my call, guys. And make sure that you uh, go to our Facebook page and drop me your address so I can send you out this autographed Spice Williams car. Okay, Dave. Okay, thank you so much. You guys have a great one. I'm I'm listening in on you, so I'm I'm hearing myself in the background. <laughs> thank you, David. Nice talking with you. Thank you so much. You guys have a great one. Okay. Thanks. So uh, Leslie, um, I'm, we only have we only have about twelve minutes left. So um, I'm going to turn the show over because I've t- I could talk to Spice about Star Trek for all night, and uh, <laughs> but I'm going to turn the show over because I just I just love Star Trek and I love Star Trek Five, and I'm I thank you so much for coming on the show, Spice, and uh, oh, honey, I've taken up too much of I lo- it. <laughs> I love I I'm love communicating Leslie, and. Uh, I'm going to let Spice Leslie uh, pop in here. Spice is a woman of many, many, many talents. Not only she's talked about her musical background, but and that she's vegan, a uh, bodybuilder, but she's now producing her own uh, films, and and I'd like Spice to talk about that. Thank you, Leslie, and it's really important for me, and I'm sure you'll understand at our age, I hate to say that, but, you know, you get to a certain point where um, hitting the ground and all the action is all fun, but ultimately it comes down to uh, being one with yourself and and connecting with a higher source. And in 2014, I almost died. I was in bed for nine months. I couldn't walk, and my husband and son carried me everywhere. And I was in so much pain, I wound up in a fight scene with someone, um, well, not a fight scene, but a fight, because I do martial arts. I have three black belts, and I'm certified in three different countries, uh, Israel, Guatemala, and Puerto Rico, for hand-to-hand combat. And I was actually training and fighting with some guys from Russia that had um, scratched my chest. And I got a case of serious cellulitis that took over the infection of my whole left side of my body. And then I got shingles that went through my L3, L4 and all the way down my leg and a massive kidney infection from all, I didn't want to take any of the drugs. I didn't want to take any painkillers. I didn't want to do any of that stuff, but eventually I had to. And, um, I wound up from five milligrams of like Percocet, which is a structural analog of heroin. And that went up to a hundred milligrams and I got, uh, it was just taking over my whole body. So then I said, stop. And at that point, I went through two months of withdrawals, 
And I just laid in bed just wanting to die watching my John Wayne movies and my gun smokes because I always feel happy when I'm in a Western. And I just asked God, please take me. I've been on the other side. Please take me. My husband can cook. My son can reconcile his checkbook. And they're both one with God. I'm good to go. And then I got the answer. No, you're not going. So I realized I had to get my myself up and you know, put my big girl panties on and start walking again. Get my, it took me a year to get my body back together again. But out of that came a dream about dying. When you die, you know what your heaven wants to be. And I always wanted westerns and um, rolling grassy hills and rivers and how you want your heaven to be, riding a horse through the prairie and all this stuff. And John Wayne. And I thought... Um, I got to write a movie on this. And I did. I wrote a movie, a film short, and my husband did the screenplay, and I acted in it, and it's called Duke. And we won six awards. I got three Best Actress awards. Gregory got the best. My husband, Gregory, got the Best Screenplay Award in um, New York. And uh, it was a most incredible feeling that it was just a catharsis of all these emotions coming out in this in this film, and then we got worldwide distribution out of uh, Shorts TV in London. And from that, I got another idea of another idea called Talk to the Animals, and it's uh, a woman who's dying of brain cancer, and she lives in a park, and she meets a young boy who's a juvenile delinquent and teaches him about God through nature. And it's called Talk to the Animals. We got worldwide distribution on that night. And, and Leslie, I had Charlie Paterni, one of the most world-famous stunt coordinators. He came out and directed it for me. So wow. I've been uh, raising money to do these film shorts. They're 24 minutes. They're on shorts TV. Um, so anybody can see them. And... Um, uh, now my next one, I have Eric Adabari directing it, and Michael Perret starring in it with me. I love Michael Perret, and uh, such a brilliant actor, and it's called Life Goes On, which is, uh, Duke is about a woman who is dying in her last hour of life, and her children are arguing over her obsession of John Wayne, because that was what made her happy. And they go in to see her on her last, take her last breath, and she brings them together as if John Wayne is channeled through her. And when she dies, she goes up into heaven riding horses with John Wayne. It's a really cute piece. And then uh, Life Goes On is about a woman who lost her son in the Afghan war, tried to commit suicide, her marriage fell apart, and she finally got it back together again through the help of God and, re- and rescuing horses. And yet her next-door neighbor lost his wife and child in a car accident, and he's just ready to put a gun to his head when she rings the doorbell. And uh, she gets in there and she helps turn his life around and they both go down to a ranch in Malibu to rescue a horse. And um, it's really very, it's really deep and beautiful. And um, Michael Prey and I were doing a film in New Mexico and we wound up, he saw Duke, he said, I got to do a film with you. You know, your messages are so beautiful. I said, well, let's write one. And, And I said, one of the things is, you know, life goes on, buddy. That's the whole thing. No matter what happens to you, we've all gone through tragedies. We've all gone through horrific losses. But you only you either be in this dark hole, look up for the ray of light, and ask God to help you out of this, or you know what are you going to do? Take drugs and kill yourself. I mean, there's nowhere. The train of life is moving on, brother. So make up your mind. So this one's called Life Goes On. We already have our our distributors are waiting for it. And we are hoping to start shooting in March and uh, and get it out there within the next three to four months. I've got a couple other that I want to do. I've got one also with uh, Terry Moore, if you remember Terry Moore. She was Mighty Joe Young, star married to uh, Howard Hughes. She's 84 going on 13. And um, just, I have wonderful actors that are coming to me saying, Spice, I love your film shorts. Let's do them. Let's do them. And they cost me about $15,000 to do. So we get people who donate. Well, ahead, I'm just Les. wondering, is that if any of the fans wanted to see uh, your films, uh, how could they go about seeing them? On on these films, well, right, if they have every, um, like DirecTV and AT&T and all that, they all have an app called 
short TV. And um, oh, okay. it's what it, what Oh, it's all day long. They just run shorts, 24-7 shorts, but it's called Shorts TV. You can actually go to shortstv.com. And um, Duke is on there. I think you guys would love that. Leslie, I know you'd love Duke. It's just really beautiful. You know who directed that, Leslie, is Anthony DeLonges. And um, Anthony's a big stunt guy we've all worked with, and he also played John Wayne. He was perfect. Um, so we've got Duke and Talk to the Animals, which is really beautiful, a very spiritual piece. So those two are out and about right now on Shorts TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, you know, like I say, you, you, you're, you're producing all these things, and I, I, I personally didn't know where, where I could, could watch them. Now, now I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You. And my husband, I'm, I'm helping my husband also because his next film – well, he's got – actually, he's doing a screenplay right now. Uh, Spielberg's waiting to read it, and it's uh, all about John Wayne's life, but not the, not necessarily the iconic big cowboy, but the little boy, Marion, who just was looking for so much love and all of his pain and suffering of um, not feeling loved, which drove him into being the greatest American iconic actor, cowboy actor in the world. Uh, he's uh, waiting to hear from Justin Timberlake to play Bing on uh, his grandfather's life story, Bing the early years. And hopefully in another month we'll be uh, getting this 10 one-hour miniseries on Nikola Tesla out. Um, he's got so many projects. So outside of me help, uh, producing and, uh, and, and working in my film shorts, I help my husband with his stories too. So, um, so we make a good team. Yeah, well, Spice, more believe power it or not, to both we're, of you. we're out of time. Can you believe it? An hour no. went by that quick. Oh, no. <laughs> well, he, time uh, flies when you're having a good time. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and, and talking Trek with me. I, I, I had a great time. And uh, thank you to thank Leslie you. for getting in touch with you and making this all possible. And um, if fans, is there any way that fans can um, – donate or help with any of these projects? Is there a website they can go to? Well, you know, we are on uh, uh, Facebook. We have a page called Life Goes On, and we were taking money through Indiegogo, but you only have so much time. So right now we have a PayPal account, and you just send it to my address, spicewc at hotmail.com. And um, for those who donate $50 or more, they get my husband's book, which is The Birth of Hacksaw Ridge, which is all the prequel stories of how Desmond Doss got his faith to perform that miracle in Okinawa on top of that Hacksaw Ridge. So um, SpiceWC at Hotmail.com, we're taking those donations. And like I said, anything over $50, you get an autographed copy from Gregory Crosby from Birth of Hacksaw Ridge. And that movie would have never been made if it wasn't for my husband because Desmond said no for 50 years. And Gregory's the only man in history that could convince him to make a movie on his life. And it's the second highest rating film, faith-based film, um, next to um, Passion of the Christ. Well, this has definitely been a very fun and very informative hour, and I really appreciate it. I know you're very busy. Thank you very much for taking some time out of your schedule to talk with us, and hopefully you want to come back and do it again in the not-too-distant future. Well, I would love to, and thank you for um, talking to me, and, of course, anything for Leslie. She's my gal. We go way back, and, uh, you know, we stunt brothers and sisters, we stick together. So, you know, God made men and women and stunt people. We're in a class of our own. Well, thank it's you very much. It's a and small have, community. Have a, have, a, have a very good night, Spice, and uh, we'll have to get with Leslie and uh, schedule to come back and talk with us again. Thank you very much, and have a very good night. Thank you, guys, and to all your listeners, thank you very much for the time. Take care. Oh, thank Thanks you, a lot. Spice. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So, Leslie, that wraps up another show. Uh, we'll be back again next week, same bat time, same bat channel for Stunt Trek Episode 7. And I think Leslie and I are going to talk about conventions um, and some of the stories that Leslie has, and I have plenty. 
and we're going to have some fun talking about conventions. And congratulations to David Schroeder. He called and won the Spice Williams autographed uh, card, Women of Star Trek. I'll drop that in the mail out to you tomorrow, David. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. And Leslie, I'm sorry I hogged up Spice for so long, but getting a chance to talk to Vixis was, was uh, something special, something I really enjoyed. So I'm sorry if I hogged up a lot of her time. Oh, oh no. This, is, this was her show. I mean... I'm I'm hoping in the future that I can get uh, other stunt people that were on Star Trek, and it'll be their hour. And we had fun, so, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did, and we it was great time. talking to Spice again. It was a lot of fun, and uh, so listen, yeah. guys, we have to sign off before we run out of time. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to Spice, and thank you to Leslie for making this happen. We'll be back again next Sunday from 7 to 8 o'clock, Stunt Trek Episode 7. Have a good night, everybody. Be good to each other, and good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.